You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield, and we are in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi, home life, auto, whatever you're in the market for, go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. Hey, Charlie, how you doing, man? Well, I'm good. Uh, Bulldogs need a win, and my attitude is turning to uh, being a little more optimistic than I was earlier in the week. A little more positive than we were on Sunday? I felt like a beat-down dog on Sunday. I wouldn't say I was negative. I just said we were kind of smacked in the face by reality. And I think I've got some kind of cold going on. I don't know if it's – you know, a few years ago, this time of year when we were broadcasting like early in the year, I went to an allergy doctor, and he's like, it's the ragweed, man. The ragweed is blooming. You need a frost. And so I'm looking forward to the first frost because I think the ragweed's got me down. All right, so I'm looking forward to a football game. You're looking forward to ice on the ground. I'm looking forward to to a frost. You know, it it, it harms the ground if you walk on a gr- golf green if it has frost on the ground. You know, it'll it'll hurt the fibers and the chlorophyll, the chloroform in the uh, chloroform. And then what you do to put people out. I don't even know who I'm talking to today. I'm I'm trying to get around to talking about anything but football. Okay, all right. So this week we talked about this week being such a big week on Sunday. You still think this is the biggest week of the year? It's the biggest week of the week. That we've had? (laughs) It's the (laughs) – because how many times will we say that before the end of the year? This is a huge week. This is an important week. We'll say it a half dozen more times. This, though – is an important week, and to some degree, I know we like to say it's about us, and that's the coaches' thing. It's a little bit about them too, because I think both these teams, you know, we're sitting here at two and one, unhappy. They're at one and two, probably a little unhappy, more unhappy. Don't uh, you? But they can be a little bit encouraged by the way they played a half against Georgia. Yeah, and the thing that uh, you have to think about is. You know, we're kind of a hurt dog right now, and we got to go over there and, and play well, but they're more hurt of a dog. Can you imagine their fan base? Can you imagine the pressures of, of Shane Beamer right now, knowing if you lose to Mississippi State, you're one and three? And what does that say to your program? What does that say to your fan base? I mean, this is an equally big game for South Carolina. So I don't think we're definitely not going in a situation where South Carolina is overlooking us. Oh, no, not at all. This is one of those weeks that's big for both teams. It's big for a lot of teams around the SEC, though. I, I think there are a lot of fan bases in, in our league right now who can look around and rightfully say, I'm not even talking about overreacting, but rightfully say that they aren't happy with how they've been playing. Arkansas at 2-1 and one is unhappy to the point that I think they drove their coach away from Twitter. That's what I was about to say. Did, did Sam Pittman drop off of Twitter? That's one of the reports I've got. Did he go to threads? Is uh, that what he did? <laughs> the truth social. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Uh, more of an Instagram guy. Um, no, but so 
if you're at Florida, even though you just beat Tennessee, are you terribly confident about where you are? If you're Georgia, do you feel like a team that's going to repeat for a national championship, a three-peat? Um, hey, Alabama's changing quarterbacks back again. to Bill Rowe. So. Now, the one school that feels good, because they always feel good about where they are, is Ole Miss. They feel good going over to Alabama, but how are they going to feel if they don't beat, uh, I think, a, a beatable Alabama team? Hey, look at Tennessee. Have you read the Tennessee message boards? I kind of got bored the other night, and I kind of wanted to feel better about myself, and that's uh, – to get on a message board and, and peruse around, because if you you know if you've got the the password for for one in some of these sites, you can get to, to all the others. And so I was perusing the Tennessee message board, which all makes it always makes me feel better about myself and about my mental stability. Hey, so where's Texas A and M going to be? If I don't expect this to happen, A and M's a favorite of about eight points. What if you freeze in Auburn, go out to College Station? Would surprise win that me. football game, and then what's the temperature doing that building, Ooh. right? And so, and and, and the one too. I mean, I, I sit here and look. You know, Vanderbilt at two and two. I mean, they've they've <laughs> got to be furious. They're ecstatic right now. <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks ago when you got the SEC release and it had the the order of teams in the SEC, they were two and zero, and they were listed first, like they were in first place, only because they were the only team that had played two games. So the way we framed the Sports Illustrated from fourteen. Oh yeah, about so, nine weeks in, they're framed. They, they had that framed. Week they, two, they had that framed in. Remember when we were number <laughs> one in the East? Hey, we're uh, we're brought to you by our good friends at uh, Farm Bureau, of course. Farm Bureau go with the home team at Farm Bureau, but also Country Pleasing Sausage. It's made right here in the state of Mississippi. Country Pleasing, made down at Country Meat Packers. It's all throughout the Southeast right now, and in the Midwest, and over on the East Coast, and they're shipping it to different parts of the country than they've ever shipped it before. It's big in Georgia, big in Carolina, South Carolina, that is. North Carolina is not in our SEC footprint. I think they do sell it there, but it's not not a big of an issue. But country, pleasing sausage, so many different varieties. And so go buy and pick up a pack of that great country, pleasing sausage. Also, Charlie, hey, we got a weekend off this weekend, but we do have Bama coming in next weekend. And uh, as you said a couple of weeks ago, I got a couple of these texts the other day about how, hey, downtown roads are not as bad as you guys portrayed it. And so I do feel bad that we may have over-portrayed it a little bit. No, come on back today. You'll agree with me. It's a little We're dusty. digging up an intersection today. <laughs> are we really? Over on Lampkin Street, but we're getting there. So the if you're looking for positives, last weekend was a lot of fun from a standpoint of other than football. Go on. We had a lot of people in town on Friday. We had a lot of people in town Saturday night. Now, they were not in festive a mood as they were Friday on Saturday night, but there was a ton of people here last week. It's pretty cool to see it, how this uh, how this town compared to 20 years ago is right now. And, of course, if you're coming to town and looking for reservations, go see your friends at the Startwell CVB or go to startwell.org, and you can kind of figure out what you need to do on those weekends that you have the football games when you're planning those weekends, trying to get those dinner reservations, trying to understand if there's going to be a, a theater presentation downtown, trying to figure out if there's going to be a concert at the amphitheater. But uh, go to startwell.org, and it'll let you know everything that's going on in the community. Charlie, we've got anything big coming up in the next couple of weeks? Well, one thing I was going to note, that uh, startwell.org, they have just recently updated their website. Very user-friendly now. And so they're 
they've got the where to pull, where to stay, where to eat, where to do things. But they've got some new features too, like 20 free things to do in town, museums to go see, and things of that nature. Uh, of course, this weekend we got open scrimmages with baseball uh, going on on Friday and Saturday, and Saturday is the Cotton District Arts Festival. Is it really? That is Saturday. They also have the Startable Community Market, so you got a lot going on. I, can, I f- keep forgetting they moved the uh, the Cotton District Arts Festival to the fall because it used to coincide with Super Bulldog Weekend, and there were just so many people here. And I heard so many people say when they came to Super Bulldog Weekend, yeah, they had great crowds, but how much stuff are they actually selling? Because, you know, you're going to a baseball game, you're going to a basketball game, and or a football game, and I can't carry that with me. I like that piece of art. That's a pretty cool deal they have at the Cotton District Arts Festival. All right. We have barrel racing at the horse park. You ever done any barrel racing? I know I have not. I've never been on a horse that was running at the time. I've, you know, walked and gone on trail rides. I've never been on a horse. Have you not? I have not. Well, that's the thing about moving to the country. Sims, when we got down there, wanted to get into roping, right? And I was like, dude, you can lose thumbs doing that. Yeah, no, there's... There are a lot of things that I am willing to try. Riding a horse, however, is not one of them. Hey, you know, we have a football player, by the way, DeCamrion Richardson. You know, he's a horse guy. So is Jonathan Banks. And DeCam is kind of the latest version of the Mississippi State DB, who is the horse guy. So is Emmanuel Forbes. What is it about DBs and horses? Well, I asked him one day. I said, I just saw him. I said, hey, man, stay out of trouble. He said, I'm too busy taking care of horses. He said, I play football, and I take care of horses. I don't I like, have time to get in trouble. I like guys like that. Get on a horse. We might need some DBs to get on some horses. Uh, <laughs> track down a few guys. Let's hope not. Get on your horse and catch him. <laughs> so we talked the other day about, and this this has been a hot-button topic among all of my text friends groups, text group friends, whatever, saying that, uh, hey, we got to figure something out offensively. If, you, if you're going to keep the same personnel, you're going to have to do some tweaking to the offense. Or if you're going to keep the same offense, you got to do some tweaking of the personnel. And you know, looking at going into this week, are you expecting to see some tweaks of personnel, or are you expecting to see tweaks of the offense? I think more of the second than the first. Although I don't think this staff is going to be closed off to making changes wherever they feel like they need to. They they're not dumb. They they understand uh, where things are, and I think. Yes, you could see personnel changes. I think play on the field will dictate that to some degree. I think you'll see the offense. I hate to use words like simplifying things, but it'll be interesting to see. I do think you will see some changes there uh, to to try to help things be more effective. But here's the other thing. Here's probably the biggest change that you're going to see this weekend, and it remains to be seen whether we can take advantage of it. You're not playing LSU, yeah. and 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 I want to I want to I want to posit. Just consideration, okay? Um, as you go through and you watch that LSU game, make a list of the position groups where you think we're more talented. And I think one could fairly ask the question and perhaps be concerned, was that game a reflection of a talent differential? Or was it coaching or was it all of the above? The talent differential this weekend, though, and I'm basing this off recruiting rankings. Okay, so if you were to go back and look at the average recruiting rankings over the past five years, LSU has been significantly better than has Mississippi State. South Carolina, not so. And so this is a game you would love to be playing in Starville. This game opened at three and a half. It's now six and a half. The thing about South Carolina is they have nowhere near the offensive line that LSU had. And so, and they don't have the running backs 
that South that that LSU had, and so the running game has not been there. Their offensive line has been dominated at times, and so you see if you could possibly get some pressure and not have to bring blitz to get pressure. We'll talk more about the in-depth details of Mississippi State and South Carolina on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig on Friday, which is tomorrow, by the way. But Tracks Plus now has five locations. Hickory, Mississippi, that's where it all started. Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Columbus, Bessemer, Alabama, and Alexandria, Louisiana. The Barco equipment for the Forester, the Saney excavators and mini excavators for the dirt contractors. Go to TracksPlus.com, and they'll, you can see what the, the new – Machines they have in, the used machines. It's a big used machinery dealership as well at Trax Plus. Go to TraxPlus.com. Well, on this week's show, Mike Nemeth, former associate athletic director, he was the head SID for a long time at Mississippi State. He now writes for Bulldogs247jeanspage.com. Mike's been at every baseball scrimmage. He's a big baseball nut, and also he was the SID for Jackie Sherrill, so we got a lot of good stories, I'm sure, that he'll have about football, and we'll get his thoughts and observations of Mississippi State football at this point. So Mike Nemeth comes to you on the other side of the break. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us today here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. We're joined now by Mike Nemeth, the former Associate Athletic Director, and he was the head SID. And, hey, this conversation is brought to you by our friends at Maroon & Company. Maroon & Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace near campus, right beside Chick-fil-A. You can go in-store or go online to maroonandco.com. Use the code LEFTFIELD15 for 15% off your entire order. And, of course, they have the interlocking MSU, a big selection of interlocking MSU at the MSU Vault logo products at maroonandco.com backslash 90s MSU. And that's our good friends at Maroon and Company. Mike, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, we're doing great. I think you have – have you worked with Charlie on a baseball broadcast before? We have. We have worked on a few games, actually. And you used to – you've worked a couple games with me. Absolutely. As well. Yep. And so you're a baseball guru. Hey, before oh, we – I don't know about that. But, well, you've been – into all the scrimmages, yes. and, and now you're writing for you know, jeanspage.com, Mississippi State 247. That's right. So before we jump into baseball, all right, Charlie and I were talking last week about Coach Sherrill, and of course you were the, the head SID of media relations when Coach Sherrill was here, and we were talking about Lance Lukovich in the Superdome with the wind gauge. You remember that that night, 2003? I do. Playing Tulane? Yep. That was also the night y'all got left, right? It is the same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we got uh, we got left in New Orleans, got to ride back that night with the cheerleaders. So it was uh, one we'll never forget. Yeah, that was one of those deals. You get on the on the bus, Charlie, and everybody's like, hey, where's Nemeth and Cade? <laughs> and, like, nobody brought it up to Coach Sherrill. Of no. course, he was like, no, nope, we're going. Well, we're that going. was a bad night. For, yeah, for Coach Sherrill and for the and for the Bulldogs, so he probably wasn't too uh, excited about anything that would keep him from getting out of there. There are people that are the last ones out of the press box. Ones are radio people. We've known that all too well because I think John left Jim one time in Jackson in Pearl, and so the radio people will get left, and the SIDs media relations people will get left. And y'all got left that night. We did. I still laugh about Bart's post game show after the bowl game down in Florida because the team was basically on the plane and Bart's post game show consisted of 
Bulldogs lose it. We'll come back, take a look after this. Yeah, if you're if you're on the plane, if you're on the team plane trying to do the post game show, and I learned that that day. I think it was Jared Binko who was wearing me out, texting me saying, "Hey Bart, how much longer you got?" I'm like, "Man, I got like eight breaks left." <laughs> and so, Matt and Neil like took forever on the post game show. Man, they were just yakking away and talking and talking. I'm like, "Man, guys, we got to get out of here." And I was I got the ride in the police car back to the airport. I was a part of the escort. And so we were like flying up into the intersections and stuff and stopping and the bus would fly by. It was a pretty cool deal. Well, I didn't have that privilege that night in, in New Orleans. The flight back probably took, I don't know what, 30, 45 minutes maybe. Five hours later, we're trudging in there. If you remember, that was a night game too. So Listen to us. First world problems. We're talking about flying back from New Orleans. All right. That's true. All right, let's talk about baseball. All, All right. right. Last two years, of course, uh, we have not played up to what – our standards are, and everybody will tell you that, including coaches, players, everybody. Now you've watched a bunch of scrimmages. You've seen a lot of the newcomers play. What are your initial thoughts? I mean, do you think there's an upgrade in talent? Do you think there's an upgrade in moxie? I mean, what, what are you seeing in the first few scrimmages? Well, you know, as I tell everybody, the last two years I thought that this was a tournament team. And I didn't mean the SEC tournament. I thought that they would be in the NCAA tournament. Turns out they don't even make the SEC tournament. So it was pretty disappointing. And also kind of checked me on maybe what I think about some of these teams that we cover. You know, I'm always optimistic. I always think that we're, when I say we, Mississippi State is going to be successful. It's probably way too early, two weeks into the fall to make determinations. I mean, there's some guys that we haven't seen yet, and they're going to be key to this team. So it's it's hard to tell at this point. I will say this, pleasantly surprised by the return of Stone Simmons and Brooks Auger. It's been good to see them back on the mound, throwing in the low 90s and getting people out and throwing strikes. Throwing strikes, that was a topic of concern for the past couple of years. Brought in some new pitchers this year through the transfer portal from different size programs. We've got JUCO guys. We've got guys moving up a couple of divisions. We've got Power 5 guys. Who do you like, if anybody, that you've seen that's come in new on the mound? Well, the kid that came from Purdue, Cal Steven, has had one outing so far, and I thought he was very effective. The uh, young man from Miami has not pitched yet. So, And, you know, and we don't – we're not privy to – injury situation or just we're trying not to work them too much now because they had a long summer. I mean, there's all kinds of reasons why guys do or don't pitch. But I would think those two, just be based on the fact that you brought them in as uh, portal transfer guys, will be guys that have to be counted on for sure. There's some young guys too. Makai Grant, a freshman right-hander from Georgia, I believe. He throws it in the mid to high 90s and throws stri- apparently throws strikes based on the two scrimmages I've seen that he's pitched. One of the guys told me about him that there are some guys who have to warm up and, and kind of get better that he wakes up throwing 94, and then he starts getting loose. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt If that. I had that problem, you couldn't tell me anything. If I could dunk a basketball. I can't tell you anything now. I know. If I could dunk a basketball or if I could throw 95, you couldn't tell me anything. I, one of the things that, that people have been talking about is Dylan Cup. 
you know, the freshman infielder. Do you see him here early in the process? And, you know, the thought process is, hey, you may see Cup Summit short and Rashad move to second. Of course, you got Amani Larry coming back. One of the big things to me is is creating some depth because whenever we if, – if we had an injury, if you had a little bit of a drop-off, you didn't have that, you know, that bona fide dude that you could put in there to replace, especially in the infield. It looks like we're building some depth in the infield. Uh, some depth and flexibility for sure, like the guys you've mentioned. Uh, Mershon started at second for the first time this fall in one of the last couple of scrimmages. So that showed me that they're looking at different possibilities. Cup is a bona fide defender, no doubt about it. He's a big-time glove and arm guy. He can He can really pick it and throw it. His offense is still to be determined, I think. You know, and there's a lot of guys like that. Kohler, to me, the guy, Logan Kohler, the third baseman that came from Memphis, he is fantastic defensively. Haven't seen him do anything offensively yet. Got to believe it's going to come based on his numbers uh, from Memphis, but uh, haven't seen it yet through the scrimmages here. That's one of the things we talked about with the pitching staff is, yeah, you did have problems throwing strikes, but the vast number of pitches you had to throw above and beyond what you should have had to throw them because the left side of the infield has not been very good. And so you would hope, and I know you always want to have offense, but you're willing to trade some offense for a really good shortstop defensively. No doubt. I mean, there's got to be places on your field where you make that choice where you want to play a defender, you know, rather than a bunch of offensive players for sure. When you think back last year, Arkansas, who won the league, they did that. They gave up offense behind the plate and at shortstop and were better for it. Yep. Obviously, you've got to pitch then. You know, if you're going to give up multiple players in the field uh, offensively that are automatic outs, you, you really need to pitch it well. And I, I think the potential is there to pitch better. You know, a guy like Colby Holcomb, I think, is a guy that could really develop this year that was here, you know, here last year, obviously. Sierra is another guy who uh, pitched really well in the summer. It could help us, you know, once the season starts. You know, we'll go back and see how our predictions look later. But I've got Holcomb being a guy that shoots up the prospect board over this year with Justin Parker coming in, making some changes with him. Holcomb is my guy to maybe be the star of the staff before it's done. Very well could be. Certainly could be a weekend starter, no doubt about it. You know, initially I thought that's a guy that could come in and blow people away for – you know, an inning or two, I think we're going to be okay with that with Simmons and Auger and, and some other arms down in the bullpen. The back end of the bullpen, you know, ought to be better. Where do you see the outfield shaping up? I think Isaac will be in center. He had a really good, you know, summer in the Florida Collegiate League. Questionable about how really tough that league is, but he tore it up, and he played center the whole time. Uh, he's been playing center field here, and I think he's a guy that has the experience and has shown the ability to hit. He can defend. I don't know if he's at the same level defensively as some of the center fielders we've had in the past, but he's going to get the first shot. And then, of course, Dakota Jordan can also play center. They've had him in right most of the time um, here in the fall. Those are two guys who, you know, absolutely have to come through this year. I think right now I would think Bryce Chance has got the best chance to start in left field only because of experience. And Stevens may get a chance out there some too, I think. Yeah, Nolan Stevens is a guy that has a nice bat and uh, could be a big arm as well. He's a big dude from California, right? Yeah, and he can run it up there from the left side. So gives you another left-handed hitter in the lineup because, you know, when you you start start talking about Isaac and then Dakota Jordan – 
I mean, you're getting real Ross Highfield. You're getting real right-handed heavy, which is the opposite of what we were last year. You know, last year it seemed like, if I remember correctly, Kentucky and a couple other, uh, maybe Arkansas. Uh, they kept bringing these left-handers in, you know. Arkansas to, had them in spades. Man. Yeah, to, to face A&M too. To face guys yeah, like that's right. that's right, Hunter. To face guys like Hunter Hines and you know some of the other Colton Ledbetter, some of the other good left-handed hitters we had a year ago. It seems like that's kind of flipped a little bit now to a predominance of right-handed hitters. And yeah, you got to you got to have threats both ways. So you, Charlie mentioned Justin Parker a moment ago. You know, you've been around this pitching staff and you've seen how we handle scrimmages. And one of the things that, that we talked about a little bit last year was kind of the mindset and, the, you know, having some dogs out there. And so what have you seen the difference that Justin Parker brings to this pitching staff? Still under, you know, development. I think it's still a, a work in progress to quote some of the coaches we have. But I think that, you know, anytime you bring a new situation in with existing players you always worry about how that's going to adjust he did a fabulous job at South Carolina with pitchers that maybe weren't at the top of the list of everybody's recruiting rankings and you know and in in this league but yet he was able to fashion a really good uh, pitching staff you know out of the Gamecock staff and I would expect the same thing will happen here there's enough arms for sure there's you know the problem I think Mississippi State had last year was you know they couldn't keep guys healthy and then when you combine that with some guys for whatever reason and I'm not a psychoanalyst but for whatever reason couldn't throw strikes sometimes the lights come on everything changes a little bit absolutely and and sometimes it takes a new uh, philosophy, a new blood to make a difference on a pitching staff. Hey, it just hit me a minute ago. You got your master's at South Carolina, right? Correct. So you were a part of the George Rogers for Heisman. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Is George is George Rogers the only Heisman in South Carolina? Correct, yes. Okay, all right. So you're going well, to you're South- about to do a reset for some of our younger listeners as to <laughs> George Rogers. Yeah, That's, everybody's Googling right now. Yeah, Wikipedia. It's been a while. Yeah. So, a long time ago now, yeah, for Walter, sure. What are your thoughts on this weekend? Well, I don't like the diametrically opposed differences the two teams seem to be going. Uh, it seems like South Carolina's getting better, and uh, they're playing at home. You know, I think Mississippi State has hit a spot where – you know, they're they're still trying to find themselves and what they're doing. And the coaching uh, alterations have made a difference probably. I just, I, you know, it's a, a six-point spread, I think, there. And it could go either way for sure, but I just don't like the direction they're going in. South Carolina being at home makes a difference, I think. It's a, it's a home field advantage for them. It's not like going to Nashville. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, hey, both, both teams feel like they can win this football game. No doubt. And hey, they both, both teams feel like they must, must win, this, win football. this football game. There has to be a sense of urgency, I think, um, really on both sides. Hey, Mike, appreciate you stopping by. Always great to see you. Glad to be here. And that's Mike Nemeth, and we're talking about Mississippi State uh, baseball and football. I'd like to remind you to go to howardcomputers.com and see what this Mississippi company can do for your business. Howard Technology Solutions, audiovisual, computing systems, kiosk. Just go to howardcomputers.com, and you can see everything that this cool Mississippi company can do. Transportation, lighting, power, go to the Howard store. They can help any part of your business. 
Howard Technology Solutions. All right, so that'll do it for today. Hey, appreciate you hanging out with us. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Country Pleasing Sausage. Go to countrypleasing.com. Maroon and Company, maroonandco.com, and get that great Bulldog gear. Type in left field 15 for the promo code. Tracks Plus, tracksplus.com for the heavy machinery. Howard Technology Solutions, and then startle.org. Mississippi's College Town. Charlie Winfield and Mike Nemeth, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field.